your source for community. Muskoka-made talk shows are on Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Hey, this is Dr. Shervin. Muskoka Magazine is brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Please visit DairyLaneDental.com. This is Arts R Us on The Bay. Good morning and welcome to Arts R Us. I'm Noreen Mitchell. I'm in the studio this morning with my co-host, Karen Cassian. Good morning, Karen. Good morning, Noreen. And good morning to you, Nicole Kitchen. <laughs> good good morning. morning. Nicole Kitchen is the executive director of Bespoke Arts and Crafts. She's our guest today and we have a lot to catch up with because the last time you were here was October the 2nd. Oh my gosh. Last <laughs> fall. And you were uh, preparing for many things. The um, AGM was coming up. And, and you were also- fairly new at that point. That was still my first year, yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, now you're into your second year. So uh, how would you say things have been going? You had a very impressive report at the AGM, I must say. Oh, thank you for thank you for coming. Yeah, we had a really great event and such a great turnout. So it was nice to see everybody interested and involved. So we were really happy. What were some of the highlights, do you think, in your 16 months that you've been there? Well, we brought the summer show back, which was amazing. And because we had switched to a ticketed platform, um, you know, Financially, we were able to bounce back from COVID, which was amazing. So we were super happy. Um, we sort of roughly anticipated um, 10,000 people, which I think we got. So that was lovely. We had um, really amazing artisans and great feedback from the community. We introduced music. We licensed the event. So um, I think the summer show definitely was a huge highlight. And then we had a whole year of amazing exhibitions and artists. And um, yeah, we were. Really happy. What are are the changes we can look forward to in the summer show this year as opposed to last year? Yeah. So last year with our ticketing platform, we used Eventbrite. Um, Unfortunately, their fees have skyrocketed um, and they don't really offer much other than the ticketing platform. So one of the things we've been experimenting with is a web-based app. um, And we are using that as our ticketing platform for this year. And uh, it's also being used as our artisan directory, which is interactive and allows all of our um, ticket holders to go into the app, see all the artisans that have been juried into the show. And it also gives the opportunity for the artisans to provide promotions or contests. So as you go in and look at all the different artisans, you can see specifically if some of them have set up you know, some sort of promotion for the show, which is really cool. And then we also have a... Um, a check-in contest. So each booth you go to, uh, we're going to be counting and then doing a contest uh, for the most checked in. Like a password or passport. Yeah. yeah. As you go to each booth, there'll be a four digit code and then you can check into the app. Mm -hmm. And then whoever has the most check-ins will win a free overnight in Muskoka following the show. Um, And we also have the same promotions for all of our food vendors, as well as our music lineup is also in our app and our map. So we're really trying to be environmentally conscious not print as much. Um, So this platform offers a lot of really cool options and also the ability to communicate with our visitors in case there was an emergency throughout the weekend. Um, And that's a really important aspect as well. I remember the hurricane. The tornado. Yes, (laughs) I've heard about that. There was a tornado during the show? Well, a few years ago. Oh my. And things were really a mess. Yeah. (laughs) So having a way to communicate with everybody and say, you know, please take cover And then let people know when the show is reopened because it's rain or shine, I think is a really important safety um, 
measure think, as well. I think this is your 61st year. Am I right? 61st. So, yeah. I don't think it's happened very much. No. <laughs> well, I'm fingers yeah. crossed. <laughs> Our weather is as nice as last year. I'm very hopeful. So you know what I think is smart is, is the inclusion of the children's playground and, and having things to do with the kids so that you yeah. can either take turns or yeah spend, you know entertain them while you're enjoying the show yeah and that's what I've really been trying to create is a space where all age groups feel welcome and there's something to do I mean I have a six-year-old so I get it if you want to mm-hmm. be shopping there needs to be something for them to do and so we have a really great lineup this year um we did receive the Bracebridge tourism grant which I accepted last week um and so that five thousand dollars will go to um, improving the entertainment aspect of the show while still keeping the focus on the artisans because it is the mm-hmm. arts and crafts you're, show. You're going to have more food trucks. And, more, and, Yeah. Um, last year was really challenging with food trucks. Um, you know, we were messaged, we probably messaged hundreds and because of COVID, a lot of them had folded or gone to brick and mortar. Uh, so even trying to find a coffee vendor, I didn't have a coffee vendor. And I mean, that would have probably been the most popular (laughs) with all those artisans waking up early and being there all day. So this year I feel much better about the variety that we have and healthy options. And so it, it allows people to stay for the day, which is exciting. And not only stay for one day, maybe come back for Absolutely. The whole weekend, because mm-hmm. that's one of the advantages of the Max Summer Pass, Summer exactly. Show Pass. Yeah, I like that. That's yeah. Great. So the $7, so, so you go onto our website, onto our Summer Show page, um, you purchase your ticket for $7 and basically the app link will be sent as a text message. You don't go to the app store. That's the difference between a web-based app and a app on your iPhone um, or your smartphone. And um And then that pass gets you in every day. And the important thing about the pass, I know people really love to still pay cash, but I think it's really important for people to understand that these analytics we collect through ticketing um, helps us apply for grants and funding. And so if we don't have that information, we don't qualify for those opportunities. So I really encourage people, um, Mm -hmm. you can pay cash at the door. That's still an option. It'll be $10 for the day only. Um, so it's a much better deal to go online. I yeah. know, but are people worried about the privacy aspects? If Does it make a difference, the fact that this is a web-based? Is it your analytics? Do you control them? Well, there's no third party? There's no third party. I think that's important to understand, too. Yeah, yeah. And it is. It is. So it's linked to our browser. So um, and the other great thing about a web based app as well is I'm still building it. So if I hadn't, if I had, um, if we had invested in an app that was to be built. I mean, the time and and the money involved in that. It's expensive. I didn't realize how expensive it is. Yeah. So it just really wasn't an option for us, but also the flexibility of being able to, you know, be continuously building it and adding and changing information is really important. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is also our test for art tours in Muskoka in the future. So this is an app that we're testing out as our ticket platform, as our event platform, but we're hoping that come fall, there's been a lot of interest from our membership to restart some art tours. And we think this could be a really great platform to do that. So it sounds terrific. We'll mm-hmm. hope it's successful. Yes. Um, <laughs> speaking about success last year, it was very successful for you, but you had a big burden in putting on the summer show on your own. Mm-hmm. So this year you have a committee, but mm-hmm. also you have a staff person. Yes. What a difference that must be. Yeah. So Stephanie, um, we received a Fednor internship this year, which was amazing. We were so excited about, I danced around my whole house when I found out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, she's been really great. She started in March and, um, 
it's been such a huge load off. So we're really excited and it allows us to get to all the other things that we want to do. What are her key responsibilities? So right now she's been managing the gallery and setting up all of our exhibitions for the year. So at this moment, we're just trying to get through you know, all of our posters and branding and website updates and um, all the coordination with the artists to take us to Christmas. So then we can start working on 2024. So that's a big piece. Um, and, uh, and also, you know, just meeting everybody at the town and the district. And um, we've also the last week, because we um, have taken a little bit of a break from gallery exhibitions, we've had the opportunity to get out on the art trail, the Purple Banner. Um, and so it's been really lovely being able to connect and actually spend time together and go and check out some studios. And you tell us, tell us about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what is the Purple Art yeah. The purple banner. So um, it is set up by Wendy Donaby and Janice Feist. Um, and they have a group of artists. You can check out their website. Um, they have a group of artists that it's have called Art Trail Muskoka. Art Trail Muskoka. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and they're on Instagram and Facebook. You can check them out there as well. And they have artists sort of all over Bracebridge, Gravenhurst, um, Hensel is on our list for this week. We were trying to get to it last week, but we ran out of time. Um, Port Carling, Bala. And so um, they put out a purple banner if they are. If the artist is in. Yeah. If the banner is out, the artist is in. It's a great concept. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just sort of starting. So it was a bit hit and miss because really it starts up in June. So we tried to hit as many spots as we could. Well, this is a great moment to take a break. I would like to go on the art trail, but anyway, <laughs> we'll come back with Art Saras in just a moment with Nicole Kitchen. Sorry. We'll be right back. By Muskoka for Muskoka, your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay, 88.7. I'm Dr. Shervin from Dairy Lane Dental, and you're listening to Muskoka Magazine. This is Arts R Us on The Bay. Back on Arts for Us, I'm Noreen Mitchell, and I'm in the studio with my co-host Karen Cassian, and we're here with Nicole Kitchen, Executive Director of Muskoka Arts and Crafts. And we were talking about Art Trail Muskoka. You went to a few places. Do you want to tell us where you visited? Yeah. So, um, like I said, people were sort of just getting back into their galleries. Um, so we really, or their studios, sorry. Um, so we did focus on galleries. We also did some of our summer show postering throughout the communities. Um, but one of the highlights, uh, we hadn't yet been to Ryan's Fine Art Gallery in Port Carling. It's right by the Olivers off the highway. And uh, it was a really lovely spot. And it's always really cool going into galleries and seeing our Mac members represented. Mm -hmm. So that was really, really cool. Um, and we also went to Aurelia and finally got to get into um, Cloud Gallery, which was amazing. I'd been following them on Instagram for quite a while. And um, that was really exciting to connect with them. And they're really interested in partnering and working together. So that was, um, that was really neat. And then one of our other members that we stopped in at was Serena West. Oh yes. Um, so we got to see her gallery and her process and studio. So yeah. If an artist wants to join that, how do, how do they go about joining? Um, they just go, they can go right to the um, Art Trail website and okay. reach out to Janice or Wendy via email. It's so, arttrailmuskoka.ca. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, mm -hmm. You're welcome. Yeah. I think they'd be happy to have people join. Absolutely. It, it was very successful prior to COVID, actually. Yeah. But yeah. then people couldn't easily have people in their studio. So it, it had a hiatus, right? All yeah. I'd like to see more of that in Huntsville. So I'm glad yeah. you're yeah. Yeah. Um, into that. 
so there's lots happening at the Chapel Gallery. So could you want to tell us about some of the upcoming exhibitions that are coming? Yes. So I'm really excited to talk about our next exhibition with John DeLang. He is so lovely and does the most phenomenal bird carvings. Um, so his exhibition opens June 9th and our gala is from four to seven. It's free to the public. Usually your gala, your opening is on the Fridays. Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We hope to catch everybody sort of leaving work on their way home. You can grab a drink, grab some snacks, bring the family, um, and it's just drop-in. So you can come and enjoy some beautiful art before the weekend starts. I is, love going is the to gallery them. open on Saturdays? It is. So the gallery is open Tuesday to Saturday from 11 until 4 p.m. Wouldn't that be nice if yes, Partners Hall was open nice. on Saturdays? <laughs> yeah. I know. Sometimes galleries have strange hours. But yeah, mm-hmm. we do. We are open on Saturdays um, and stuff's usually there on Saturdays. The other thing we do is we try, we ask the artists to be there on Saturdays because it's. I think it's a really great mm-hmm. opportunity for the public to, to meet, meet yes. the artists. Yes. And I encourage them to paint or do whatever um, their art or craft is just so people can also see the process and, you know, you're not just sort of sitting there like you're working. So mm-hmm. Karen and I really enjoyed seams of expression, which was Dale Tomlinson. Oh we, my gosh. We wasn't it? That. Yeah. It was the quilts, so the art quilts. That was fabulous. It and was. one I'm looking forward to is rocks, crocs and hollyhocks. Yes. I just yes. love the <laughs> Who are the artists? Oh, uh, this is Gwendolyn Boy, Boy's still- Sittler. And uh, it looks like landscapes, but mostly it looks like florals. And I love them. <laughs> yeah, I know. And she's been working so hard. She she emailed us last week and said, I'm painting like crazy. She's, <laughs> she's coming in June 30th uh, to July 22nd. Oh, amazing. And her, her reception is actually on a Saturday. That's a rarity. Yeah. 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 She decided to do a Saturday. So, yeah. It looks nice. like a great lineup. We have uh, looked at the calendar for the rest of the year and there's lots happening. Yeah. And we do have some calls for entry I open. wanted to ask you about those. Yes. Yeah. So um, on our website, in the header page, it's not being run by us. So it's not in the call for artist drop down, but it is on the header. Um, we have a all things dog show with Mara. And so she's looking for people interested. So you can find her email in our header on our homepage. YWCA is doing women's create, which is also the link is in our header on our homepage. So I call all women to Make sure you submit. Um, and that and, deadline's July 31st. And yes. Maris Melters Weir one is deadline is August the 1st. Yes. And then we have our um, 2024 gallery exhibition call open. Um, and so that is, the deadline is August 1st. Um, and we also are going to be opening. So we're doing another collaboration similar to the Maple Show. Um, and it'll be a cranberry exhibition slash market. Um, and so we're just putting all the details and finalizing that and partnering with tours in Muskoka again, so we can get on the cranberry trail. So all of that information will be cranberry trail. Yes. So we're trying (laughs) to make sure we're, you know, catching all the advertising and branding four seasons. (laughs) Yes. So we're really excited about that as well. That's great. In addition to all of that, you have the regular stuff that happens in the chapel gallery too. the series things on plein air group, Life drawing, (laughs) portrait drawing. Yes. It never gets boring, right? It never gets boring. Um, Plus we have our rentals and events that happen. So uh, we actually just wrapped portrait drawing and life drawing for the summer um, so that we can focus on the summer show. So those all just finished up. We'll be starting them back up in the fall. So pretty much all the programming at this point has ended and workshops. And then come September, 
We'll that be announcing. Yeah. I did have a question about student open mic because there's one more yes, happening in yeah. June. What is that? So the student open mic, all students are welcome to come. Um, and they, you know, we set up like a little coffee house and they come and play music. It's really the is last one I actually was able to go to. And it was Do really, you get lots of students coming? Yeah, we got quite a few players. Yeah. I my son that. actually got up and played too. <laughs> it was really cute. He's six. He's not quite a teenager, but, but he's very outgoing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It, it seems like there's so much happening. And obviously that's being recognized because you have formed a partnership. Uh, the Muskoka Arts and Crafts has formed a partnership with the District of Muskoka's IDEA mm-hmm. Advisory Group. And you recently were awarded, um, well, there is a commission that to be awarded to an artist, right, for a community mural project. Yes. So we are partnering with the district. Unfortunately, they didn't have the resources to properly project manage um to properly manage the idea mural project. And so they reached out to us um, and Steph, my intern, that's one of the projects that she's working on, which is great. And so we are just starting up the RFP process and contacting landlords, but we just finished up the survey to the community to get input on possible locations throughout Muskoka. And so we're just trying- Have you, have you seen any of the feedback? <laughs> yep, oh. we have. We've been going through it and we reviewed it with the committee last week. So we're just, we're trying to narrow things down um, before it goes back to the advisory committee and council. I think we should talk about what IDEA is. Okay, yeah, so- um, idea uh mural so it's all about inclusion diversity equity and anti-hate and this is how the group was formed and they've applied um i believe i believe it's funded i'm not sure if it's a grant um but they would like to introduce a mural in the community all about diversity and and inclusion so it's a really exciting project and i think it'll be really it's a pers- district project so it's what, a district what's project. The process if an artist wants to well so we're going to put out an rfp so okay. that's something that we're working on right okay. now and then it'll be advertised um it'll be open to the public and everybody will be able to apply i, I saw the survey and some of the questions were like are you willing to work in collaboration with other artists or mm-hmm. would you want to work alone there was very interesting questions about how to get artists that would be appropriate for it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think the overall feedback from the community was people really do want to see a collaboration. They really want to see community involvement. So creating a mural where the community can come out. Yeah. So So is there Oh, it hasn't gone out yet. I just wondered what no, the response No, the survey was. piece yeah. is done. So there's okay. been two surveys. The okay. first one, I think, was more about establishing Idea Mural or the Idea Group. And then this one is more, and safety in Muskoka, how you like feel about inclusion. And then this, this one we just put out, um, I think it was about 20 questions. It was more about the actual physical location. What do you want to see in terms of the mural? So, okay. um, yeah, so the next piece will be the RFP piece and having that approved by the the committee and the council and then moving forward and getting it out. We'll be watching for that for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. What about your um, arts and crafts holiday market? Um, there's a new, is it the Royal Canadian Legion? Is it still going on there? No, so I think we're going to just do it at the chapel this okay. year, um, you did your spring show like that. We did our spring show like that, and we're going to just set up the chapel more as a market, um, and just have it a little longer. Yeah, and you know, you just realize too, like 
the audience is different in the winter, like between having all those cottagers here in the summer versus locals here in the winter. And to do something like that is also so much work when you're, you know, having to rent a space and like rentals. And we already have this really adorable space. Um, I think it'll be much more manageable. So do you find that it's changing though, as people, more and more people move up here, like the, the audience, winter audience. Yeah. I'm not sure yet. Yeah. Last year I I waited for everyone to leave in September and and the traffic didn't change. Like it has to be at least after Thanksgiving. (laughs) Yeah. I think the other thing too, is like last year, the feedback I had from, cause I'm also connecting with lots of other Mm -hmm. arts organizations, but even you know, other people hosting craft shows or art shows, holiday markets last year felt really saturated. And for the most part, when I spoke to people, you know, I think we were also at that time where people were holding on to their money and, and being really cautious. Groceries were going up, utilities were going up. It just, it didn't seem, and I got that feedback from Toronto too. Like a lot of my artisan friends in Toronto seemed to sort of struggle last year or kind of even just stopped doing shows. So it'll be interesting to see. Mm -hmm. It's a hard, I don't know. It's difficult to follow that. Yeah. So it depends, it depends on disposable income, whether people feel they have it or not, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The state of the economy. And it's a state of mind too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a hard thing to predict. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I just think if we, you know, do it at the chapel, the other great thing about that too is it's not as expensive for our artisans. So we can Mm -hmm. charge a lot less. So I would love to be able to offer a spot for Mm. much less money. And um, regardless of the sales, they're not, you know. Well, whatever happens, we know it's (laughs) going to be interesting. Skok Arts and Crafts is always doing interesting things. We're so happy to have you here today. Thank you for coming in. Thank you. I know you don't have time to do your own pottery. Or painting. Well, I did actually pick up the paintbrush last week, which was oh, nice. Oh, perfect. I, yes. It took my son being sick in bed, but I got two hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks good. for coming in. Thank you, Nicole. And spending some time with us. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Karen, we're going to talk a little bit about the listings of things that are happening as of June 4th, 2023. Okay, there's a lot happening in the performing arts world. This summer, uh, the Huntsville Theatre Company is doing the Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe on June 3rd at the Algonquin Theatre. Jesus Christ Superstar editions are going to be happening on June 17th, and the producer and director is Sharice Lawrence and Alex Holland. And I that, love that. I know all the words. <laughs> and they will be, uh, that performance will be put on in November. I haven't heard where yet. Um, so stay tuned for that. Uh, the editions are in the Utterson Hall and that those editions are from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Uh, we had Autumn Smith on last week and um, she's doing Citronella at the Gravenhurst Opera House from July 18th to the 28th. That's a pantomime and it sounds like a lot of fun. And she's written and directed it. It's a musical, Mm -hmm. Citronella. So check that one out. And um, A History of Rock and Roll is happening at the Algonquin Theatre June 24th, um, 15 years a history of rock and roll. So check that out. Billy Mack is, is the producer of that. And it's, it's been long and I think it was stopped by COVID. So um, it's been a while. It, it's going to be a good show. Uh, the summer lineup for the Huntsville Festival of the Arts is out. The new brochure 
Um, the Huntsville Art Crawl takes place June 1st to the 30th, and that's in downtown Huntsville. Huntsville. It's a collaboration between artists and businesses. Um, it's going to be a great event. It's been successful in the past. The Tom Thompson Canoe Murals are happening June 12th to 17th in River Mill Park. So come on out and watch artists paint the canoes. Uh, the Dream Boats, uh, Friday, June 16th at the Algonquin Theatre. Uh, that's going to be a good show. I think it's a Beatles show. Retro Revival. No, Chuck Berry and the Wonders. Uh, the National Indigenous People's Days, Wednesday, June 21st from 4 to 8 p.m. in River Mill Park in the HFA studio. Alex Kuba, Thursday, June 22nd at the Algonquin Theatre. I'm just giving you June here. En plein air art market. That's uh, the end of the art crawl. And that's Saturday, June 24th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, Misha Bruger Gossman Lee is on at the Algonquin Theater Thursday, June 29th. And finally, Steve Lee Olson uh, on June 30th, again at the Algonquin Theater. And I'm not going into July. There's just so much happening in Huntsville and Muskoka this summer. And speaking of June and Partners Hall uh, during the art crawl, we'll have the World of Wonder, which is a group of Huntsville Art Society members show and so the reception is on Friday, June 16th. From That's 4th. part of the art crawl. Yeah. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, Art at the Hospice, Huntsville Art Society is uh, Sharon Harris. Tuck is the artist who's showing there at hospice. And uh, at the Huntsville Public Library, it's Tom Clark, also a Huntsville Art Society member. And again, the Huntsville Art Society is in Summit Center until July the 4th. I really have to get over that. Over to there. Um, I mentioned, uh, actually, Nicole mentioned Women Create, the exhibition of artists and makers, and their opening reception will be on the 20th of October. The deadline for submissions is on July 31st. I was thinking about Gravenhurst as well, but you have mentioned Citronella. I'll just talk about the Elderberries Choir of Gravenhurst. This is their 30th anniversary, and that's Friday, June 16th. They're singing with jubilation. That sounds like fun. Mm-hmm. There's also something happening that I pay little attention in the past, but it's the Dockside Festival of the Arts, which is part of the Muskoka Music Festival. And that happens at, in Gravenhurst at the Muskoka Wharf in their special event park from August 18th to the 20th. So I'm getting ready to think about going there. And I always am thinking about sound as I am on the radio right now. And the NASA Springscape series is currently on, but will end. The installation will end on June 12th. And this is a a project installation which took participants from the area of South River to record the sounds of spring. And so I think that would be fun. That's lovely. Yeah, I'm going to try and get up there. And lastly, I'm going to talk about um, Muskoka Authors Association is presenting how to get that grant. Everybody needs to know Mm -hmm. how to get that grant. And this is on Thursday, June the 8th at Bracebridge United Church. And you can go to www.muskokaauthors.ca to find out more. And it's Heather O'Connor, and she has tips, techniques, and tested strategies for getting winning grants. Anyway, that sounds like it could be useful. It's going to be a busy summer, I'd say. Yes, yes. Anyway, that's it for Arts R Us today. There's only one Hunter's Bay Radio. We are Muskoka. Muskoka.